0: Welcome to another adventure that is the Huntington University Comets Podcast. I am your host, Shane Alberani, and today's show, we're actually celebrating a whole month of things. It is March when we're recording this, which means it is National Athletic Training Month. So let's get a trainer on the show. I know a guy. His name is Matt Willett. He is the trainer of the Fort Wayne Comets, and we sat down and uh, had a chat with Matt. Of course, uh, we have seen a lot of bus time together. We've got a lot of stories, and of course, Matt has got a lot of other stories outside of hockey as well but we'll get into all of that here in just a minute so here we go here is myself and matt willett okay uh i want to know not the most disgusting or horrible injury i want to know the weirdest
1: injury oh man (laughs) (laughs)
0: like did a guy ever uh you know sleep on his eyelids wrong and couldn't play
1: (laughs) i haven't seen that one uh i do recall in grad school I had a female soccer player come in with road rash all down her face, tried to play it off. I don't remember the excuse she gave me, but come to find out that she got hammered the night before with her boyfriend and decided she wanted a piggyback ride on the back of her drunk boyfriend. And um, needless to say, they both ended up flying forward into the asphalt, and we had to spend the next several weeks cleaning these wounds on her face to make sure, obviously, there was no infection or anything like that. But I mean, not to be young, to be in college. Oh, I would. I don't think I would survive again. So how, so how did you treat a scabbed-up face? It, let it heal. Make sure it's not getting infected. Um, it, it probably took us two to three days to get the full story out of her too. Like she was the most embarrassed. Yeah, she had it all planned out of exactly what she was going to tell us and how it happened. And then, of course, as the pieces start falling together, people start coming forward and be like, "Yeah, nah, that's that's not quite how that one went down." And um, but it it, it Turned out for for the better. She she recovered fully from road rashed up face, but uh, mm. I mean that's that's we see. I've seen a lot of stuff that's off the athletic field that it's just like okay, that's yeah. Uh, how do how do you go about this? Uh, uh,
0: put the mic a little bit closer to your face. I'm here to echo. There we go. Uh, yeah. So so yeah. How many injuries do you get to see? off the field, I mean, off the ice, I mean, does it happen a
1: lot? It actually happens probably a lot more than you think. Yeah. Um, I I, I, just, I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's obviously primarily there for the injuries that happen on the ice. Uh, but every now and again, you'll get that call, middle of the night text message, whatever it might be that someone <clears throat> bumped their knee, falling out of bed or, Uh, I remember having a guy, he broke his hand because he decided to punch a metal door. Um, Most of the stories are coming with some sort of alcohol involved. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's... Man, I I wish I could remember most of them anymore. But it's probably once or twice a year I'll get a call outside of (laughs) uh, something. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget... Uh, A couple years ago, a team goes up to uh, uh, play golf. And we had a kid on the team that was diabetic, and he took good care of himself. And I was at a church function about 40 minutes away from where they were golfing at. And I get a call that this, you know, player is not doing well, that he's fading in and out of consciousness. And I get a call from the coaching staff that, you know, hey, you know, so-and-so, this is what's going on with them. Okay. Well, what do we do? Take them to the hospital. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I, I, I'm not driving up there. You're, you're yeah. talking a 40-minute drive. How am I going to get up there to treat it? Um, so a lot of times it turns into just basic instructions. Hey, okay, you need to do this with that person. Yeah, but, And they don't realize you're not a doctor. It, correct. Yeah, correct. That's another misconception. I think they automatically think that you can do anything that yeah. a doctor can do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had people ask me for injections and sutures. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I'm going to have to pass that one on to, to somebody more qualified than me. <laughs> you don't do stitches? No. No, I, I pass that one off.
0: <laughs> Joe Franke used to do stitches. Yeah,
1: I'm sure that was <laughs> long before they had the uh, regulations they have now. I, I, I've seen him. <laughs> In the
0: locker room, stitching yes. guys up.
1: Yes, I, 100%. Now they are teaching in a new curriculums, but not yeah. not when I was in. It's not something that they taught us. So
0: what? Okay, let's go back to what kind of training you got to do to do all this. First of all, why would you want to do
1: this? You know, I I think the main the main answer that i hear from a lot of athletic trainers and and i'm going to fall in that cliche as well as i played sports growing up yeah uh, i was just tried just about every sport that that there was i mean i love playing baseball played was pretty good pitcher in my youth days and then quit when i told i didn't have a strong enough arm in the next <laughs> in the next league up um just dumped that sport right off to the side <laughs> uh moved on i think to uh tried football for a year um Realized I was probably the smallest kid on the on the field at that point. Tried track and field, and I broke my arm in the process. How do you uh, break it, your arm in track and field? Uh, it was actually a non-track related <laughs> <you> injury. <laughs> so uh, this was a recess uh, uh, basketball injury, uh, and so they wouldn't let me run. And that may be the earliest. That was in middle school, and I think that was the earliest where I started, you know, learning more about yeah. it. And I ended up getting into soccer and, and going on and playing in high school and it never was really an injury prone guy, but it had my fair share of ankle issues and yeah. got talking with our athletic trainer at, at the high school I went to and started doing more research, did a did a report on it and ended up deciding, hey, let, let's give this a try. Uh, so. I went to undergrad at Indiana State, got my uh, undergrad degree in athletic training, went on and got a master's degree from Moorhead State. So I was able to still practice as a GA and then also get my sports management master's degree while I was at it. And now you have to do a full-time master's degree uh, in athletic training to even sit for the certification exam. So I kind of lucked out. Where now I could have been done after my four years, but yeah. going on and working in grad school. I mean, there's there's so many good stories I, I've got coming out of grad school with just the friend groups we had there and and some of the different athletes that we had there. Um, so it, it's it takes quite a bit um, nowadays. You have to do four years of like an exercise science yeah. and then go on to a to a two year master's program. Yeah. So. Uh what sports did you start with? I mean, you, you obviously you're in hockey now, but obviously you were in other sports before that. Yeah. Uh, in grads, well, so in undergrad, you've got to work them all. Yeah. Uh, you have to have rotations through just about everything. My senior year, I did uh, track and field and cross country. Was probably not the most confident, and that's probably why they <laughs> threw me with, with cross country and track because, you know, they're not going to see a whole lot yeah. going on with them. And – went on to grad school and picked up uh, women's soccer and baseball while i was there and then coming out of of college i took a job at a division two college in in the west side of indiana and got in there working basically with all sports i mean i was primarily with men and women's soccer did a lot with basketball softball and then moved up to the head position and took over with football baseball some more basketball uh, and and believe it or not, it, my wife would be the first one to tell you that I was adamant that I was never working hockey. <laughs> hockey, for some reason, it, there was a scar left on me or there was some reason I didn't want to work it, and I never dreamed I one day would end up be working in hockey. Uh, and and is it I don't know toughest?
0: why. Is it, I mean, is
1: it the toughest? It, it ranks right up there, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, we'll be next. Football would be next, do you think? F- football it's tough to compare football and hockey yeah just because of of the different styles of play but football is so much more intensive when you got a hundred some players yeah you know every practice you you the hitting the the speed of the play at times um that's what makes football i think the toughest is just the sheer number of people yeah. that you're you're working with hockey is just a completely different animal <laughs> Uh, I mean, you're talking guys on sheets of ice with razor thin blades, somehow keeping their balance and yeah. running each other into the boards while all while trying to hit this little black uh, circular thing into a net. <laughs> um, and most of them, when they smile at you, are missing half their teeth. <laughs> so it, it was hockey was always one of those that is just I was scared of it, and. I worked an internship in in uh, community relations down in Indy with the Indiana Ice of the USHL, and it just further fueled I don't want to, <laughs> never want to work hockey, um, and here I am I'm working hockey. Yeah, so uh, so how did you get here? How did you get to work in hockey? Let's go that path you said you weren't uh, going to, man, but here that, you are that path. So <laughs> I spent seven years at St. Joseph's College, um, split in time as an assistant and then as the head. And one faithful day in February, they pulled us all into the auditorium and said, hey, sorry, but there's going to be nobody here in in the next fall semester. And this was, you know, we had roughly six months to figure out what we were going to do. And grew up in Fort Wayne, many Comet hockey games across my, my youth and never Never bat an eye that that position would be open. Yeah. You know, it's a pro position. Those positions don't yeah. open up very often. Um, start applying for some different stuff. And I actually have a cousin that works for OPS in Fort Wayne. And she said, yeah, you know, apply apply for us and, and see where it takes you. First interview, you know, they, they seemed to really catch on. I, they knew I was really looking for something. And... I ended up being offered a job with them and then a job with the, with yeah. the hospital group I was with before. And I called my wife and was like, okay, here's our prospects. We started running everything down. And I was like, Fort Wayne's going to be a little more difficult. They're offering me a pro hockey position. Yeah. She goes, okay. I go, but the pay is significantly more. She goes, okay, I'll put our <laughs> house on the market. <laughs> yeah. And usually
0: how that goes in the yeah. discussion.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we ended up moving back to Fort Wayne, of course, closer to family yeah. and everything. And, uh, started my career five years ago then with the Fort Wayne Comets. And, and here you are, and you're still you coming back every year. Yeah, I don't know, someone needs to check <laughs> me into the institution or something on that one. But, I but mean, yes, we keep coming back.
0: I mean, it's a, it's a daily grind, uh, obviously, and you're the only guy. Yes. Uh, so that also uh, uh, intensifies things as well. So, yes. I mean, has there been – since you've been in Fort Wayne, I mean, is there a player that you kind of chuckle at when you think of some of the
1: problems – not to oh. name
0: names unless it's Sean Sidlowski. We have full cart blotch to make fun of him.
1: But. Uh, me and Sean go back five years now. Exactly. And I can tell you all kinds of stories on him. I'll save him the embarrassment.
0: <laughs> but have you had any favorites? I mean, if you can name names now. I mean, if you had a, if you had a favorite guy uh, who you like dealing man. with. Because, I mean, there's so
1: many personalities in hockey. I mean. We, we've had a lot of, yeah. of, oh, man, all kinds of personalities come through i mean i i can think of certain people that i worked with a lot my first year (laughs) that i would prefer you know (laughs) that didn't have to work that much with them but um i mean obviously i mean i i think most people know sean's history so you get to know him quite a bit i mean we've had guys like zach facoli come through michael hauser come through Um, I mean, those are two names that really kind of stick out as, as just tip-top guys that, that were just beauties to have in the locker room. Um, you can't deny a guy like Justin Vive, Nick Boca, some yeah. of those that were on the championship team last year. Um, Petruzzelli's been here as, about as long as I have. So, I mean, he, him and I have gotten to know each other quite yeah. a bit over the years. Yeah, and, and it turns into a, you know, not so much – given medical advice, but you, you you give a lot of day-to-day advice, too. I yeah. mean, me and, and Petruzzelli talked a lot when he bought his house. Yeah. You know, my wife sells mortgages, so there's a yeah. lot of, you know, questions about even just day-to-day stuff like buying a house. Yeah. Are, uh, are
0: goalies a different breed than anyone else? Do, are, do they
1: have the quirks? Yes. I <laughs> uh, Well, I mean, think about it. To put yourself <laughs> well, I know what in, they do. Exactly. Uh, yeah, to put yourself in that <laughs> position. You have to be a special yeah. type, but you know and and we've had some great ones come through we've had some not so great ones and we've had some that's just like man what what are you, you have no business here <laughs> um and they are the ones that usually have some of the weirder you know quarks going on yeah. um maybe some weird warm-up routines or something like that um I mean, I can think of earlier this year, I walked out, I think it was in Kalamazoo, and of course, you have this narrow hallway yeah. to walk from the locker room to the ice, and I try to squeeze by Sam Harvey, and he's staring at these black pieces of tape on the wall. I, kind of, I had to really double take to see what he was doing, and he's just moving his head back and forth, just yeah. looking at these different pieces of tape. And he finally catches on that I'm standing there. He goes, yeah, you probably think I'm pretty weird, don't you? I was like, well, so I, you're a goalie. I, yeah. I, I understand what you're doing, <laughs> but you know, you're know, you the first one I've got to say I've seen do it quite like this in the middle of this little area. But, yeah, the goalies definitely got a got a different <laughs> side to them. Is there
0: any injury that kind of scares you? Like if you see something happen and it, like, oh, I'm – this is I, not good.
1: I tell you, the one that I think still today gives me the PTSD <laughs> is um, Brady Shaw taking that hit in Jacksonville. Oh. Um, when you see a guy <laughs> yeah. make a blindside shot like that, I mean, that's that one really gets you to cringe. Watching a guy come full speed behind the net, get met behind the net by somebody is is another one that, I mean, it. it my knuckles go white holding the towel on the bench every time yeah. I see something like that. Yeah. Um, or any any time that they wave off an icing when you got two guys on a straight sprint down yeah. down the ice. I mean, when there's speed involved, typically something bad's going to happen. Yeah, uh, blood doesn't bother you? Oh no, no, blood hasn't. <laughs> that,
0: I don't think it's ever bothered me. Like uh, like when Brett McKenzie cut his arm. We're talking about Jacksonville, and that
1: happened yeah. when he got a skate. Uh, Alex caught him with the skate. Oh yeah, I mean it sliced them, sliced them straight yeah. through, and and I mean luckily we didn't hit anything major that really created a mess out of that one but i mean we've had we've soaked through towels before and and um i mean there's been times i've had to spend several extra you know 10 15 20 minutes trying to just clean up you know in the training room after someone's gotten stitched up especially in the face man you you take a shot in the face the mouth those things just bleed. Yeah. I mean, you can stitch those up all you want and it's still just going to be leaking all over the place. Yeah. But so it takes that extra time. Nah, blood blood hasn't never been a, a major issue for me. So uh, last year, I mean, you
0: you obviously have got a lot to keep track of and then last year happens, we got to go through COVID everything and that that fell on you. Yes. doing all of it. Yes. I mean, so every day. Yes. you're swabbing and you're testing
1: uh yes, and that I mean it, you have any of these players on, and they'll they'll tell you the horror stories yeah. of having their nose swabbed, and you know it, it. You didn't know what we were getting into. Yeah, you know, come. I was working at
0: PFW yeah, as, a, as a train. I mean, what was the first thing in your head like when this all went down? What did, I, you I know? was
1: on the impression we weren't playing. Yeah, uh, I was covering at PFW. I was working with their women's basketball program, just so I had something somewhere to be. And I had been talking with with Toledo's athletic trainer, and he kept saying, you know, hey, I don't think we're gonna go. And I'm understanding if we don't go, you guys aren't gonna go. It's like, yeah, okay, great. I started making plans to stay at PFW. About two days later, I get the call. Yep, we're gonna go. Let's let's get ready to get guys here. Okay. So I mean, I had luckily they had just hired somebody new over at PFW, so I could transition back out yeah. of there. Well, and in, in all the talks, obviously, you know, the, all the, we had been getting all the stuff from the league on what the COVID protocols are. And we get reading through it and, and there needs to be a COVID officer and there's testing twice a week and you got to have masks and you got to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And I got looking it, I was like, who's going to do this? <laughs> and I started asking, <laughs> I started asking people I was like yeah. what you know how yeah. how are you doing this I talked to the trainer in in Indy multiple times about it uh, Wheeling was the only other the only other one I could go off of I yeah. talked to him several times and you know it, it I luckily I had a chance to work with the the nurse at PFW that was doing the the nose swabs there so I was able to learn how to do it from her and then all season long I and and I, to this day I have no idea how we got through fifty games without a single positive right. test, and I will assure everyone out there that there was not one. I didn't hide anything. I didn't. Yeah. We didn't do anything different. We yeah. were swabbing. I mean, it, it became a joke in the locker room. A guy, uh, Viver, uh, kept saying these, these tests—they're they, no good. They're fake. They're—they're—they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're faulty. They're—they're they're terrible. Um, but you know, we we swab twice a week. Uh, it got to the point where I mean, I, I've made grown men cry of swabbing their noses. I mean, making I, and I can attest to
0: that. Matt has swabbed me a couple of times, and
1: he's—I think you, you
0: kind of took a little joy in it.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and there, there's a certain point where there's some guys you, you kind of almost enjoy doing it too. Um, but then as the season goes, I mean, you, you constantly were guys make sure you're wearing your mask. Yeah. You know in the locker room out of the locker room you know make sure you're not going out making sure you're not doing this make sure you do that we had to disinfect everything in the locker room after every time any one thing was touched um you know you had to make sure people weren't coming in and out and i think the one thing a lot of people didn't see even the refs we had to test the refs when they came to the arena yeah and so a lot of times i spent more time outside of my own training room trying to test all these people rather than do my job as trying to prevent and and treat injuries. And it it was a very taxing year. I mean, obviously, you know, it was rewarded at the end of the season there with the championship. But, man, it it took its toll on you by the end of the year, just (laughs) the sheer amount of extra stuff that that we had to do just to make sure that we played last year.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, you were there from the very beginning. I mean, now what was – when it all happened i mean when we're we're recording this now and it was two years almost the day where the season was shut down so what was your
1: thinking about this virus when it first happened i i was in the in the thinking that of everyone else was i mean it was yeah this isn't that serious it's just a cold it's just you know it's it's gonna go through like a cold and a flu virus and and i'll never forget the night that everything started shutting down because yeah. the nhl shut down and everyone knew it was coming yeah. as soon as the nhl shut down everyone knew it was coming and then to find out you know that next day that yeah for sure we were shutting our league down and then it was you know more of a okay what's next yeah you know and we had to get guys there was the freak out of the phpa saying hey they're going to shut the the borders down and it became we had to get exit physicals out right away. I mean, I had probably 10 or 12 uh, Canadian guys that we had to get back across yeah, the border before yeah. they shut the border down. And I mean, I will give, give all the credit due to, you know, Dr. Snyder and the Fort Wayne Orthopedic crew there. They... Got guys in and, and got them moved. And, and there's probably some guys that who had injuries that should have stuck around. That was yeah. like, you no, know, we, you know, they denied anything so that they could get home. Yeah. Um. And, and then to have everything shut down back home, I'm following up with guys over the summer. Is like, hey, how's this going? Have you got it looked at? Have you got anything else done? They're like, no, we can't get into anybody. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'll I'll never forget. And and a bunch of us were pretty convinced that that the virus had gone through the locker room already. Because oh, if sure. you remember, there, yeah. there was a lot of sickness right up right before right before that. We had quite a few guys yeah. out, yeah, and and so and then the uncertainty of all summer then of what's going to happen because we were laid off for a short period of time mm-hmm. as athletic trainers and then then brought back on at the start of the summer and you know there's still that uncertainty of uh, of what what are we going to do what's next where yeah. where are we going to go with this and we were getting the the league you know protocols all summer long and we were going through those and but we never had that uh, assurance that this is what was, you know, this is what the season was going to look like until right up into that last moment of, you know, finally getting the call said, Hey, yeah, we're jumping into the season now. Yeah. Uh, There was a reason why the league named, uh, you know, athletic trainer of the year to everybody. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, And I will say that it, it, we all leaned on each other. Um, Yeah. You guys had to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I I remember talking to George and Indy for, for, an hour at least, a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, they got into the, the early part of the season, and he really filled me in. Okay, here's how we're doing things. I talked to Dan and Wheeling, and it was the same thing. You know, here's how we're doing things out here. And we started really leaning on each other because then, you know, hey, if you had a COVID case, we had to start getting a hold of each other and figure out, okay, who do we play? Because that was the other part of it. Right. We had to contact trace everything then. Yeah, And so if somebody tested positive, I, mean, I was getting a call or a text probably – couple times a week saying, hey, we just had someone test positive. You're either coming to us or you just left us. Yeah. And here's who you need to keep an eye on. And then in that case, we we end up having to test those guys more often. Yeah. So, I mean, even though we were only testing as a team twice a week, we were testing – basically every day because there was an yeah. individual or a couple individuals that were close contacts that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, and it's it was great last year. Everyone was so responsible. Yes. You know, they really were. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I, I can't say enough yeah. about the leadership in that team last year that kept everyone you know, on, on par with what the rules were. And, you know, guys weren't going out, guys weren't doing stupid stuff. You know, we, we were holding true to everything and, and, and everyone was in the locker room was holding themselves accountable.
0: Yeah. And you said, I mean, you have to track injuries. And like you said, some guys said, well, I can't stick around. I got to go home, but that's another job that you have when a player leaves, you still have to keep track of that guy.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And, And so part of their, the, the, exit physical uh they have to go through at the end of the season it gives them a chance you know hey if you've got anything lee green do we need to get it checked out have you had an end of the year injury because let's be honest we get into playoffs and and if you can go you're playing right Uh, you know and and that's the mentality that that all of us have and and even the players understand this hey if if you can still play we're going to do everything we can to keep you on the ice and so you get to the end of the playoffs, the guy's going to have, you know, MCL sprains and ankle sprains yeah. and, ha- you know, hamstring pulls and everything else. And so at that point, then it's that exit physical. They can get that stuff looked at, get it checked out. And, and then you follow up over the summer, those guys that that do have to have some extra work done. Um, you know, usually three or four guys over the summer you're following up with. Hey, how are things going? Some of them are in town, some of them aren't. Some of them get into like an injection or something and then go home yeah. for a while. So, yeah, you know, yeah, there, there's a lot of following up. And then, you know, most of the time I have my summers pretty much off, but we're still coming in. I'm still coming in maybe a couple times a month to check on things or to, to follow up with people. And then we hit about that August, you know, mid to late August, and it's time to start prepping. For the new season to start, yeah, and people don't realize that just because a player doesn't play here
0: anymore doesn't mean that we're still not keeping track of them because if the injury occurred here, we still have to follow
1: up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. so there's you know simple situation like Sean having his back yeah. surgery over the summer. Yeah. You know, if he wouldn't have played here again this season, we still would have been following up with right. him on a regular basis just right. to make sure that he's getting the rehab he needs. He's getting the treatment he needs. He's getting the clearances and everything else that he potentially needs to, yeah. to play somewhere else.
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, and then when players come in, you have to obviously have to have his history and everything. It's like, what has happened before? and yep. now What are we going to deal with now?
1: And, and that's the other thing with the summer. A lot of yep. times, you know, Ben or David's calling me and saying, Hey, we're talking about bringing, you know, so-and-so player in. Yeah. Uh, but they have a history of something. Um, I mean, I, we had a couple of them this, this off season where I remember ha- reaching out to their previous athletic trainers, their previous team and, and ask them, Hey, what's the situation on this guy? You know, is, is this something we need to worry about or is yeah. this something that we need to shy away from? And, and my opinion in a couple of times if, has come into play where we've had to turn someone away because they were just too big of a risk, yeah. you know, whether, you know, a big thing in hockey is going to be their hips. You know, maybe yeah. they had some major damage in their hips and they don't want to get it taken care of right now because they're still playing and they still feel like they can play. And so it, it ends up being, you know, the what's the risk of taking a guy like that on? Are they going to play a full season or are they going to end up being yeah. a, a money liability? Because yeah. once they sign with a new team, whatever – they have on their history becomes uh, yeah. your problem
0: yeah uh, yeah so i mean that's another part of the process that, again people just don't realize that that medical has got as a big part of it yeah when it comes to recruiting oh
1: yeah, yeah yeah i mean i simple i mean one of the probably best known samples i can think of is when we signed aj jinx yeah I mean yeah. he came off of an issue that that he had while he was in Toledo and and we brought him in, we took him to doc, you know, and, and we're talking with David and and Ben the whole time. Hey, here's what doc thinks, you know, I we don't think or it is or it isn't. Um so we had we had a lot of communication back and forth, you know, and and even then some guys end up signing here and and some of them don't and just kind of, you know, what's the liability of bringing some of these guys in if they've got yeah. a pre- previous injury history? Yeah. Hmm i mean
0: yeah i mean it's, it's it's crazy how much the 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 detailing mean, that you have to get into because especially this year when you have so many guys coming in and they're only here for a few games, yeah, so you've got to track them coming in and leaving as well
1: oh my my files are <laughs> just all over the place right now i I've, I think I've still got some some physical sitting on the printer to be scanned in of guys that were here and gone already um, so I mean that can be the frustrating part too is yeah. you, you really you just get to know a guy they come in typically ben will send us out their contact information say hey they're going to be here at this time um we get all their physical set up we get all their if they need concussion testing we get all that set up all their baseline stuff yeah And, and then they get here they play a game or two and then they're gone yeah yeah, I mean, my my release player file is larger than my current player file, <laughs> and going on right now. So, I mean, th- those can be the frustrating times. I mean, yeah. but that that's part of of the business yeah. in, in a whole. I mean, especially in a year like this, where you know, there's it's just a different year based because of all the COVID rules and and yeah. You know, the COVID stuff from last year with college players getting extra eligibility and everything. So, you know, it's it's part of the business, yeah. and we understand that. Yeah. Now,
0: is there a difference? Like, obviously, you get a pro hockey player who's been in this league for a couple of years, but then you get a kid out of college. You got to call the university where he's played, Right.
1: Uh, if you can get a hold of them. Uh, yeah, because I mean, I mean, now you're dealing with, obviously, a lot more people, a yeah. lot more red tape when you're going to a university. Most of the time, if they come from a university, we just go back through everything. Yeah. Um, so regardless, they're coming in and doing a physical and doing all their baseline concussion testing. Um, the only difference between someone that's previously been a pro is I can get a hold of NHL, AHL, ECHL, SPHL, whoever it might be. Yeah and they can send me paperwork on up and most of them have already taken some sort of baseline testing um and then i can get their their physicals and and they're still going through the physical with our doc but they don't have to refill out all the paperwork. Yeah. So, I mean, they, if there's a change to their history, we'll, we'll make note of it. But for the most part, I can just fold over their, their stuff from their previous team and then send the new doc stuff to the physical with them.
0: And the guys who are under contract
1: with the AHL or NHL, you have a different protocol for those guys, right? right? Uh, most of those guys, yeah. luckily, most of those guys, I don't have to do anything extra with. Um, you know, most time we'll still have them go see doc, but yeah. their, their physicals are so much more, um, inclusive in the AHL and the NHL that most of those guys, I don't have to do a whole lot of extra work. The extra work comes in the communication with the team, yeah. um, because they're under contract they're the property of another team. Um, if there's an injury or something, that's a concern, then we've got to report back to that, that particular team to, you know, either, Give them a heads up, or or even there's been times where I've had to call them for guidance on how to handle a certain yeah. person or a certain situation.
0: Yeah. So how often does a player kind of conceal things? He wants to keep
1: playing. Oh, I mean, it depends I'm sure it on, happens all the time, oh, all the time, yeah. um, and it depends on the personality of the player too. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you got a guy. Um, God, Justin Vive keeps coming to mind. I mean, that guy is the way he plays is a very yeah. physical game. Yeah. And there's so many times he'd come in and have me look at something and be like, yeah, you know, this isn't going to hold me out. Right. <laughs> you know, it's same with like a guy yeah. like Petrozelli. The guy's on an unbelievable uh, yeah, streak yeah. of games yeah. and, you know, he's come in multiple times and, Hey, can you check this out? Or can, can you do this? Can can we do that? Um, and, and they end up, yeah, we're still going to play. I mean, it's not yeah. anything that's crazy. I mean, yeah. my my leg could be holding on by a by a <laughs> ligament, and I'm still going to go out there but and play. Is there a time where you have to say
0: no? You're not. Or is that no, up the coach?
1: No, no. That's uh, you know, obviously as an athletic trainer, we're yeah. there for their their physical and mental well-being. Um, and there has been a few times where we've had to really slow somebody down and say, "Oh, hold on, hold on." Yeah. You know, yeah, you probably could play, but it's not in your best interest to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think concussions come to mind. A big, obviously a big deal, but a lot of guys try to hide them. Um, Even to this day. I mean, there's a lot of guys that try to hide them. And and there's been times where we've had to really stop and be like, hey, I understand your willingness, and and I appreciate that you want to get out there, and you want to play, and and you want to contribute. But you, with this particular issue, is not conducive to a positive atmosphere. Yeah. You know, your 70% may not be as good as someone else's 100%. Right um if you've got a concussion you know hey i you know my my go-to line is always i can i can send you to have your knee replaced i can't send you to go get your brain replaced yeah um and and really trying to help these guys understand you almost become a life coach to some of them and and helping them understand that there's a life outside of hockey yeah you're not going to play hockey until you're 50 60 70 years old you're going to have a career outside that and you're going to have to be able to move and you're going to have to be able to bend and think and do all these other things and so you know and, and that's i think a lot of times what finally gets to to guys yeah. to be like oh yeah okay you're right you know we need to yeah we need to figure this out and that's where you know 15 years of being in the industry helps me too to decide hey how bad is that ankle sprain can I tape it up? Can we get him back out there? Is this something that the guy needs to be shut down and, yeah. and rehabbed, you know, more closely than, you know, than, than we initially thought. Yeah. And there's times we get it right on the head and there's other times where, you know, it, it's okay. Maybe we should have shut that down sooner and, and taken better care of that. <laughs> now you mentioned, uh, Anthony Petrozelli, how have you managed
0: to keep him on the ice for? Uh, what what do we? Have to, we're closing in, on, I think, on 300 straight games here. I think you know
1: at this point. Oh uh, <laughs> man, um, he is a tough character. <coughs> yeah. Um, and he is a guy that he's going to do as much as he can during the week to make sure he plays on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and so my philosophy is a very proactive approach and i i try to preach that amongst the guys if you take care of yourself you know ahead of things we don't have to try to make up for it yeah and luckily for him a lot of stuff that i've seen him for has been real minor stuff i mean we've got a great crew between chiropractors and doctors and massage therapists and we've been able to i i, I mean he's there's probably been times where he's gone to multiple appointments on a day yeah just to you know make sure that he feels good to go for the weekend yeah. and not saying that he's ever a hundred percent when he gets out <laughs> there, but you know we get him as close as as humanly possible yeah. for whatever particular thing that he's got going on yeah. at the time. And another thing you have with, again, maybe
0: people don't realize that if you have like a major injury on the road, I mean, what happens then? Because it's like, you know, we go up to Kalamazoo. That's just a day trip. We're going back and forth, you know. But a situation like, you know, we're on the road for 10 days, and you've got a guy who, you know, he's got to see a doctor,
1: you know. Yeah, and, and there's been nights that I've spent till 2 or 3 in the morning in the ER. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, being in... Colorado, my first year, I remember sitting in the ER with a guy because he was severely dehydrated until about two or three in the morning yeah. while he got fluids. Yeah. I mean, it was a point where we couldn't even get him off the floor behind the bench. Yeah. Um, ended up spending a, a good portion of that night with him, then making sure that he got rehydrated. Um, and then we've got a close knit of athletic trainers, and, and that's what makes it so much so easy. You know it, you can go just about anywhere and and their orthos are are willing to help I and mean, we've had to get x-rays on the road yeah. we've we've had to get docs uh opinions on the road, and most of them are very willing to at least give you the very basic of medical advice towards the situation and yeah, and most of the time we're gonna be pretty conservative and you know say, hey, yeah, you may have this going on the x-rays are positive or negative, but let, let's you know let's yeah. See where we're at here, and and let's take it, you know, kind of slow with it. Yeah, I remember
0: one year in Evansville, we're de- we're playing a game in Evansville, and that's a you know it's a long trip, but we were going back and forth. It wasn't like we were we were staying over, and we had a player who needed an X ray, and you know what, the whole team waited in the parking lot of the hospital until he got that X ray because yep. he was in a lot of pain.
1: So oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll never forget one of my first big football trips. We had a um, defensive player dislocate his elbow, and the ortho came out. The ortho put it back into place, and, yeah. and we ended up having him go right down the road to the hospital. And this was, man, this is probably end of the first, start of the second, something like that. I mean, it was early in the game. Yeah. Sent a student with him, uh, and by the time the game was over, we were showered. We got our food. We got on the bus. The guy still hadn't left the hospital yet. Yeah, and what do you do? <laughs> I, and that's what we called and yeah. and we figured out where he was at in the process and and we got we ended up pulling the bus up to the hospital and waiting there on him. Yeah. And I ran inside and got talking, you know, with the with the doctors and nurses and got him to a point where they felt comfortable with him traveling and then we could get him home and then dictate care after that. Now, granted you're getting home at two, three in the morning. So getting anything done at that point of (laughs) the day is is almost impossible, but you know, they had, we got them to a point where it's immobilized enough where then, okay, we can get them on the bus. And we can get them home, and then see our docs when we get home. Yeah. Um, now was the guy comfortable on the bus? And no, he was. He was saying a lot of choice words under his breath, probably the whole way home. But you know, and it was a ten-hour trip on a coach oh, bus too. Oh, oh. So that you know, the, that one was was a, a fun one to endure. Uh, is everyone always bugging you for ice bags? Uh, yes. Yes. It, that's the misconception that, you know, we're, we're the water boys and the ice makers. Um, it, so if you come in on a game day, I've got pre-made ice bags laying all over the place to have them ready to go. So it's just, you know, grab them and go whatever you need. Yeah, because I've been to Brown. Hey, hey, Maddie, you got an ice bag? <laughs> I've yep. it a lot of times. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you, it it hurts quite a bit when you throw a punch to a face or you know you, you wear a punch to the face yeah. and most of those guys are gonna want yeah. something at, at that point usually in the intermission we're, yeah. we're passing out them all over the place uh, well one of the uh,
0: other trainers here for the comets uh, years ago fights is what scared him the most that's what when everyone you know because so much can go wrong
1: yeah you know and, and maybe initially when i first started yeah because i didn't understand the the process and and now that i'm understanding more of what's going on and can anticipate uh, it more right um and you realize that the fights aren't really ever as bad as what everyone makes them out to be yeah you know you'll have your few here or there um you know guys getting one punched or you know guys buckling after a square shot but yeah i mean if you really watch most of these guys are punching into the helmets or they're not getting clean shots yeah
0: it's more hand injuries than anything else yeah yeah Yeah. i
1: get a lot of guys who twist up their thumbs or bust open knuckles yeah um, so those aren't the, that that doesn't scare me quite as much anymore. <laughs> I, maybe my first first few games, it was a little, you know. As I learned the process,
0: is uh, I'm sure there's been players who maybe make a bigger deal out of an injury than what you think it is. It's like eh, you're all right.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> we've got guys all the time that, especially you get some of these guys that are like low line guys, you know that either are fighting for a spot to get in yeah. and it becomes an excuse as to why they're not playing. Yeah. Um, so you'll have guys milk stuff for as much as it's worth. I mean, I, I, I've had ankle sprains that should have taken, you know, four or five weeks, you know, high ankle sprains, yeah. six weeks type of thing that ends up lingering on for several months. Um, and those are the ones that are, can kind of be difficult to deal with sometimes. It's like, okay, dude, I've seen you every day for six months now. Um, we're not that close of friends, so <laughs> it's about time for you to get back out there.
0: Now, when uh, uh, when you have to go on the ice, first of all, are you thinking I can't fall when you have to go out there? Is that the first thing in your head? It's like, you, if I fall, this the is very be first suit. time, yes.
1: <laughs> Um and I will say that the one of the stories I have is the very first time i i it may have been my first game i I don't remember which game it was. I know it was at home yeah um somebody went down I think it was in our offensive zone, so it was off to my right uh close to the bench side, but it was all the way down the corner i I get over the i open up I'm not hopping the the wall i'll tell you that much <laughs> I will fall then um open the door and and I got my little trot going. And the next thing I feel is something under my foot. The puck had actually slid <laughs> up underneath my foot right as I was stepping down.. Yeah. And in order to avoid stepping completely down on the puck, I, I, I got the funny feet and my you know, I didn't fall. But I I definitely lost my step for a minute and had to regain my composure. A a good friend of mine uh, was up in the stands, got a good picture of it. Like it's the moment the puck was right underneath my foot too, Uh, and that was when I took the job. That was one of my biggest things. Like it was asking everyone that was in the hockey industry, "Hey, how how do you walk on the ice? What do you have? What do you use? What you know?" Yeah. Um, And simple, you know, one thing that. I don't think a lot of people see is my shoes that I wear actually have screws in the bottom of them. Yeah, Um, I ran half-inch hex screws in the bottom of my (laughs) shoes, and it does it help tremendously. Maybe more of a mental stability than it is an actual physical stability, but I mean it it does help. I mean, if you're going out there early in the in a period when it's probably the slickest, it, it gives you a little bit of. Yeah, you know, headspace there, but as the period goes on and that ice gets chewed up, it's not bad to walk <laughs> out there. Now, what
0: kind of a funny conversations have you had when you've gotten out on the ice? You've gotten out there. He's down. Maybe he's eh, milking it a little bit. <laughs> What's uh, the
1: conversation like? Um, I've told guys jokes before. <laughs> um, I mean, it's I can recall a goalie going down at one point, and really, it's just going out there and just looking. at him. Hey, you good? yeah i'm good okay we're just gonna stand here and act like we're conversing for a few minutes um i mean i've physically gone out and almost like a like a a baseball uh coach going out to the mound you know hey go out and just tell them a joke and just you know help them get a little bit of a breather yeah uh there's there's times you go out there and you know and and they're just waiting to catch their breath i mean you got guys get winded or something like that take a shot to the stomach or the chest and lot of times like okay just you know stay down get your breath and and then we'll we'll get you up and and, um but every now and again there's that guy that's you know milking it for all it's (laughs) worth and you think it's worse than what it really is and you go out there and like ah nah i'm 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 fine (laughs) and it's like so you just made me run all the way across this ice and almost make myself fall (laughs) to come out here and check on you for you to tell me you're fine because then they have to come off the ice too. yeah, yeah. So, so i mean it's like hey joke's on you bud because you still have to follow me off the ice uh,
0: so how much uh free medical advice do family members ask you for
1: uh, I, I might as well open up my own clinic at that point point. and again
0: you're not a doctor and people you no. know that's the...
1: <laughs> no um and it, so with the covid summer and we got all the COVID tests. Every time someone in family or close friend groups had a sniffle, it was, uh, "Hey Matt, can you test them?" Yeah. Hey Matt, can you test this person? Like, yeah, bring them on by. I'll meet them. I'll test them. <laughs> um, you know, and yeah, it, all the time. It's it, you get, "Hey, I, I slipped and fell, or I I did this, or I banged this, and you know, like, what do you think? What what can I do? I mean, I I've gone to." uh other sporting events where you know someone gets hurt and it's there never fails. There's always a nurse or something there. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously I always end up finding myself having to go out there or go talk to them on the sideline. Uh, my my sister played played soccer in, in high school and, and a lot of times I go to her games and would end up having to coach her through an injury or something as well. And um it it, it happens a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and yes, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Um I I do have my medical opinions on on a lot of stuff yeah. and most of the time it's like you're going to be fine. Just <laughs> just deal with it. Well, if you
0: see Matt uh, around the Colosseum, please go up to him and go does this look infected? Yeah. How does this look? Yeah,
1: yeah. Go right ahead, and I'll, I'll turn around, and just walk back through the black curtain. <laughs> Matt, can
0: you look at this? It's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to wind up there one day. I'm getting older. This oh is... yeah.
1: I mean, we all, as we all are. I mean, I, I've had to treat Ben and Legs and Skyler and Fitzy. I mean, it's, it never fails. Someone's always in need of something. So. And, and it's fine. I mean, it's it, it creates the stories. Yeah. All right, brother. I appreciate you coming in here and doing this. Hey, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for, for helping us with uh, National Athletic Training Month. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the stories.
0: Matt Willett, everybody. Another one of those great behind-the-scenes episodes we like to bring you from time to time. And uh, he's got some great stories, as you heard, and hopefully we'll have him back again sometime and tell some even more stories. But until that time, you have got 74 episodes of the Huntington University. Comets podcast to go back and listen to so you'll be able to uh, waste a lot of time if you go back and listen to all of those and i want to thank everybody for listening it has been a wonderful season of episodes and we're going to keep on making them here until the end of this season so that is it i have been your host shane alberani and i want to thank you for listening to the huntington university Comets podcast